He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <laughs> It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 75 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Barry O'Hanrahan and I am joined this week by Will Griffith. Hey Will. Hey Barry, how's it going? Good, good. Um, really excited this week. It's the Open Championship and... The what? The what? Yeah. Some people call it the British Open, but it's truly called the Open Championship, and this is the 144th one of them they are they've held. Is this an important golf competition? Not really, no. It's no, it's not not much bigger than your own kind of captain's prize. Is this the one that Rory McIlroy pulled out of? Uh, yeah, because it's not that important a competition. Yeah, yeah. Pretended yeah. he had a sore ankle, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to watch it now because he's not playing. Yeah, well, that's what, that wouldn't surprise me about <laughs> you. Um, unfortunately, James couldn't make it this week. He um, he defected from golf to squash for this time of year, so he's a few weeks of squash ahead of him. Uh, for anyone who wants to give out to James, they can hit us up on Twitter at podcast GTS and also on email if you have a little longer um, kind of giving out to do. Rant. Yeah, rant. Oh, perfect word. It's a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Um, we will keep our own games very short and sweet. Uh, I went out and played twice this weekend, much better ball striking weekend, a few bad holes, and it, which meant I was a couple over par for my handicap on both days. But overall, I am much, much happier and uh, kind of like Tiger Woods, I feel like I'm getting, getting it all back a little bit. Um, that's about as close as I'll ever be to comparing myself to Tiger Woods. Will, uh, you had a little bit more interesting day. You uh, finished third in your class. We had a July with the medal on on Saturday. You finished two shots off the winning total. Yeah, it was three below my handicap, so I yeah. am now back to being a single figure handicapper. Awesome! Yay! And what one thing did you do on the golf course that wasn't really single figure handicapper esque? On the eleventh hole, I was just short of the green. I mean, when I say just short of the green, I mean I was literally on the fringe of the green in two on the eleventh, and I five putted. For a seven. <clears throat> right. So one person could turn around and say that was the difference between winning and losing the competition. Yeah. I was very happy with the way I fought back. Yeah. As they say, bounce back ability. I was level par for the remaining seven holes. So uh, that I was, was happy a, enough with that. It's like a catalyst for your motivation for the rest of the round. Hey, yeah. No, I was, yeah. listen, I got cut. That was the most important thing. Excellent. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's trying to stay within that not ten, well, nine range. Now try and push on to try and get down. Give myself a bit of breathing space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not constantly... You feel comfortable it. at nine then? Or you have a bit of a few rounds of the buffers of comfort zone? Yeah, yeah, so you're not going out going, oh no. Yeah, if oh, I, I, I have one bad round. If, if I mess up, I'm back to ten. And yeah. I, Like there's nothing worse than being ten handicapped because that means that I'm the same as you. God, I know. Who wants that? No way. Uh, James had a better ball striking weekend, uh, but things didn't quite go so well for his putter. But anyway, the signs are positive. Um, we're going out to play tomorrow, and hopefully you can join us if you... Yeah, but we're playing on Saturday anyway. The we're battle playing, of the podcast The, ba- the podcast battle is this it's Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Saturday morning, yeah. yeah. So, looking forward to that. Um, Twitter, email, feedback, and interaction. We had a good bit this week with our Karn competition. And What's that? Is that a big com- competition about a four-ball in Karn? A four-ball in Karn, one of the best links golf courses you will ever find. And thank you to everybody for who entered. 
I'm going to hold you guys till the end of the show. We will get Steve Bamford to pick a number at random out of all the uh, entries you had, and that person will win the four ball voucher for Karen. So listen up right through to the end of Steve Bamford. It's an enjoyable journey with him. Um, we're recording this after we spoke to Steve due to timetabling issues. And uh, So we already know the winner. We do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And as much as Will tried to pay me to change the winner to hit Will Griffith, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I asked even people in my family to enter the competition, but they weren't allowed to win because of the fact that there's uh, terms and com- terms and conditions to this yeah. competition I didn't even realise. Oh yeah, yeah, a huge, massive reams of terms and conditions. Anyway, listen, because it's a busy week and it's actually a great long chat with Steve, we're going to just say to hell with the news, really, um, because it's all about the Open Championship this week. Uh, there was one funny thing about the Open Championship. Graham, Graham Delect's golf clubs actually got lost uh, through Aer Lingus. I don't know whether he's here for a little bit of a couple of rounds of practice anyway they got returned to him in they looked like they got dragged through the Sahara by a camel like the entire Sahara from west to east like it was unbelievable I put them up on the I retweeted his tweet earlier get onto the Twitter account and have a look it's ridiculous anyway I've heard the Titleist have given him uh, Bobby told me earlier actually Titleist have given him a set of clubs to practice with while the other ones are getting cleaned I'd say for 24 hours they were in that rag order and we all know how many deserts we have in Ireland. So oh, stop! I don't know. Like I don't know what happened. It, you actually couldn't. You couldn't destroy a bag and golf clubs as much if you tried. It's it's, it's staggering. Anyway, um, quickly go through last week. The U.S. Women's Open was on in Lancaster Country Club in Lancaster, Philadelphia. Michelle Weed was defending, and uh, it did prove to be quite a stern test. There were not that many ladies under par for the tournament, and there were some you know some brutally punishing holes and some tough. You know, tough scores to take on the chin. Uh, Stacey Lewis took a couple of double bogeys um, right to the gut in the middle of the, or sorry, in the middle of her fourth round. And she finished three shots off the pace, as did NB Park. Um, Amy Yang pushed Inji Chun, the eventual winner, quite close. She was one shot back, but the winner was Inji Chun, who she was very impressive the whole week long. So. Fair play to her, credit uh, where it's due. We can't spend too much time just because we have a long show with Steve. The Aberdeen Asset Management Scottish Open was won in very impressive fashion by Ricky Fowler with a beautiful sprint finish of three birdies and four holes. Uh, this was good to watch, wasn't it? It's nice to get a bit of links golf on TV. I really enjoyed it and uh, <clears throat> thought it was very, very good <clears throat> the whole way around. Uh, obviously again I think it was great to see Larry playing quite well I know he mm. fell away a little bit but he looked comfortable in the surroundings again and uh, Ricky Fowler looked great coming back doing something what he did in the PGA uh, PGA competition what's that called PGA Championship the one that he won there a lot I'm just going to leave you hanging uh, <laughs> players the players there we go the players thank you yeah, when he did in the players he did something quite similar he came back on a burst Yeah, uh, it was it was very exciting stuff and Mark Warren played really well to put in a 64. Mark to, Kuchar. Mark yeah. Kuchar was very, very good. You know, they all they, they all played. And I even remember uh, they showed, uh, Mark Kuchar was obviously practicing uh, on the practice area. Yeah. Did you, did you see this? I did, image? I did. And uh, he turned around just at the very end and obviously his manager or whatever turned around and went, uh, he obviously... Um, Fowler, Fowler, Fowler stitched tight. Yeah, Fowler, but no, he even said Fowler got a birdie. Yeah. And he went, oh, I got a birdie? Mm. Oh, and then he went back to hit a shot and he went little Ricky <laughs> it was so beautiful <laughs> it was so beautiful yeah. it was kind of like uh, it was it, we, uh, the way he said it it was uh, not even 100% sure whether it was like well done Ricky yeah. or 
I hate you, Ricky. Yeah. But it was more like, little Ricky. And then he continued to hit a shot and then he packed up his bags and, you know. But uh, fair play to him for even getting there. And yeah, he took it on, Future took it on the chin well. Like, he, he's yeah. just, he, I mean, he is, he is that, that nice a guy, it seems. Um, Jacqueline nearly held out for Eagle on 18 to That was amazing, there. that shot. Yeah, it was really good. Like, when he had to do it, he got that thing with it, like, what, eight, nine inches. It was, oh, it was great. Wow, wow, very impressive. Um, well, congratulations to Ricky. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, this first win on European tour, so... Oh god, a uh, very very impressive win, and he will surely be a contender this week. Uh, oh yeah, but that's been coming because like, he he has been he has been one of the golfers that I've seen that has come over to let's say the Irish Open, mm. you know now the Scottish Open, you know that has actually changed their golf swing accordingly. Like he's playing a lot of half swing shots, you know, which is great to see. Yeah, and I think it was a, a comment made at the Irish Open by one of the commentators that turned around and said they're all going to be wondering what's going on with Ricky Feather swing because he literally was only hitting half swings uh, which but is the way still, to play and, yeah. he, and he won like you know so he, he's, he's but he's Butch has him well prepped oh, of course yeah, and so Ricky turns around and says that it's his favourite style of golf yeah there you go um, he's going to embrace it and he's surely he'll be up there um, around the top one first or second page of the leaderboard this week um, another one who will be as well uh, undoubtedly because no matter what we say about Jordan Speed can't do this can't do that Jordan Speed can, and he does it time and time again. He went out and won the John Deere Classic in a very... Like, it's just so impressive. Like, he's what? Level bar after the first round, and then he goes and shoots 20 under par for, like, the last three rounds. But he was, you know, he's four behind with six holes to go, and he goes and, make, you know, makes four birdies and gets himself into the playoff. Yeah. He, um, he, just, he just seems to pull it out of the bag whenever he wants to. Oh, he's a lovely golfer. Yeah. It's really, really impressive. Like, he's just... He's got it all. And if he can just improve his putting... Yeah, his putting is terrible. His putting is a little bit awful. Yeah, right? it's awful. He <laughs> um, just doesn't seem to have the line or the roll or the speed or anything. Yeah, his putting is great, but for the line and space, you know, it's uh, it's unbelievable what he can do with that thing. I'd say uh, the pros would pay millions to have, be able to put like he can. Oh, yeah. Uh, really, really would. Uh, Zach Johnson was close, and he's... I think he's on the board of this tournament. So oh, he loves it. Like, he, he won in 2012. He was close last yeah. year. He was close this year. Did you see the little uh, video? There was somebody was in a boat and they fired off an air an cannon airborne. as he was about to take a shot, and he nearly jumped into. The, he jumped so high, he nearly ended up falling into the lake. Like, really? yeah, I didn't funny. see that. So I have a recording. I might actually find <laughs> yeah. that one down. Just go watch that one. It's quite, yeah, yeah, quite yeah. entertaining. Um, there was a little bit of a consolation for uh, Gillis, who lost out in the playoff to Ricky Fowler. He got the final spot into the Open Championship, and he got himself that seat on that plane, that charter jet That's to go waiting over. So, you know, and he got his biggest paycheck of his career, over half a million dollars. So it's not not the end of the world. He, obviously, he'll be stinging a bit from not winning, but uh, you know, it's good. Good as consolation prizes go, it was pretty pretty uh, impressive. So. The, this week we have the Marathon Classic on the LPGA Tour. That's in Ohio. Lydia, Lydia Ko is defending. And on the PGA Tour, it is literally the weakest field of the year because all the big guys are over at the Open Championship. But as always, when these weak field PGA Tour events arrive, it is a chance to get a tour card and a two-year exemption on tour. So you can be damn sure these guys will be going out at hammer and tongs and be watching the Open Championship for inspiration when they're not playing. That is taking place in the RTJ Trail Grand National Lake Course in Auburn, Opelika, Alabama. 
and the course is designed by Robert Trent Jones Sr. So uh, it's a pretty decent golf course because it previously hosted a web.com tour championship in 1997. So uh, plenty of water in play and look, the guys are going to be going at it and somebody's going to get a win at the end of the week. And uh, if they don't have a tour card, they'll have it for two years and all the pressure will be off them. The big one of the week, though, this one, it is a big tournament, Will. It's the 144th Open Championship from the home of golf, the old course in St. Andrews in Scotland. And Rory McIlroy will be defending from his couch, unfortunately, because of his his ankle boo-boo playing a little bit of football. So we got our favourite golf tipster, Steve Bamford from golfbettingsystem.co.uk to join us again for another major preview show. And this was my first time with Steve. It was your first time with Steve and he was very gentle with you. He was very gentle. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't feel violated one bit. Not at all. And he backed up one of your tips as well or one of your picks. So that that got Will particularly excited. Yeah. So look, we um, are going to just cut over now to the piece we have recorded with Steve and uh, I hope Hope you guys all enjoy it and uh, we will talk to you all next week we'll do our little sign off here now oh great Jay. yeah because yeah, we, we finished it out with Steve so listen Perfect. guys have a great Open Championship uh, thanks for tuning in tell all your friends about it and congratulations to the winner of the Car and Four Ball absolutely who you will have to listen to the end of the piece with Steve to find out yeah. uh, listen enjoy the Open Championship guys we know we're going to be absolutely stuck to the couch and glued to the screen um, hope if you're having a bet I hope it goes really well and you come out with a bit of cash in your pocket at the end of the week so uh, without further ado over to our chat with Steve Hi Steve welcome back to A Good Talk Spoiled I'm delighted to have you on for another one of our major preview shows it's a, it's a nice little thing we have going here um, welcome back how are you? Hello Barry hello Will yeah, hello listeners very very good looking forward to a um, what we, it's, it's set to be a fascinating open championship from what I'm saying it really is. Is is this the one for you? Like, is this the one you'd get most excited about? It's the Open Championship, and it's at the home of golf. Like, does does it get much better than this? It doesn't get any better, does it? Uh, personally, you know, for me, of the four majors, and that sounds it's pretty obvious, but the the Masters and the uh, the Open Championship are always on a pedestal. But at being at St Andrews, you can't beat it. Can no, no, not at all. Um, having played it as well, it's I think it's the only major course I've ever played, I guess. So that makes it uh, a little bit more fascinating. And uh, I was talking to Bob about um, St. Andrews there a little bit recently. Um, and I think maybe, I don't know, every, all the pros seem to say they love it. And our initial perception of it, I guess we played it in March. It was a bit dreary and all that. And there was, you know, the rough wasn't up. And it was a little bit unremarkable, but. I suppose maybe it's a course that kind of grows on you the more you play it, the more you see it. And um, I mean, that many pros can't be lying through their teeth and saying it's their favorite course to play. And uh, it, it's got it's certainly when I thought about it a bit more, I remember an awful lot of the holes. And from playing it only one time, like versus other courses I have played once, I remember way more holes from that course, from St Andrews than I do from other courses. So, I just uh, remember. I remember I played it uh, around the time that Muirfield was on. What was that two years ago? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing I found was that they put us off the front tees, and uh, I was able to drive the majority of the par fours, mm. which was a little bit, of, you know, as Barry said, unremarkable. You know, you're you're getting up there and you're hitting the driver, and next thing you're through the green, and you're like, oh, this isn't. Uh, it's quite a short golf course. It's yeah. a course management golf course more so than anything else. Mm. Yeah. So Three hundred yards for a power seventy-two in, in modern golf terms, that's short, isn't it? 
Yeah, and particularly when it's a links and the land is firm, the ball's running a lot further than it would do in a like a seven thousand three hundred for parkland versus seven thousand three hundred for links. I mean, it's it's a it's a whole par four, a par five, and the difference in length almost. Um, so, uh, well, well, the things we're talking about the course. I mean, let, let's go on to talk about a few of the little features of St Andrews that makes it different from the other courses on the Open Rota. Um, one thing I, I, I mean, I'll point out, or you know, I know about the course that has some real devilish bunkers and some disgusting pot bunkers, and ones that will cost you a shot if you if you get into them. Are there any things that, that you've kind of picked up as you're doing your research for this week, Steve? Like course features that are important to note and bear in mind. For me, any course that's got something on it called the Valley of Sin, it has to be one of the best in the world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, going back to the question at hand, um, it's, a, for my, it's, four, it's got 14 par fours. Yeah. That's, that's extremely irregular. Only a couple of par fives. Obviously, the road hole, absolutely fascinating. That, that, that drive from, you know, shaping the ball left to right over the corner of the uh, hotel there. I mean, that's, that's got to be one of the most famous shots in, in world golf. Mm. Um, the shared greens is another element that's, that's really unique. You know, seven of the, of the, of the greens are shared, so 14 of the holes. The other, the other stats that I found fascinating from previous winners, and I'm, I'm talking here um, 2000, 2005, 2010, so both of Woods' victories plus Usthausen's. Back in those actual renewals, it was all purely about driving distance, total driving, and greens in regulation. All three of the winners had hot putters, so oh yeah, you, you take that as, as red in a major championship. But what's really, really tricky about St Andrews is if you miss a green, the scrambling round here and obviously the bunkering makes up and down very, very, very difficult. So it's incredibly easy to make very damaging bogeys or worse. Now, that's fine if, like in 2010, three and a half of the rounds were played in pretty tranquil conditions. But when the, when the wind gets up, this course turns, you know, they could be old lady, turns into an absolute brute. And the number that I find fascinating is, across 2010, the average for the course was 73.0909. And if you, if you break that across the rounds, round one, 71.7, round three was 72.3, round four, 72.4, but round two, and that was, that was the round where Rory McElroy got blown off the course, if you remember, mm -hmm. and it just turned nasty for five or six hours in the afternoon 75.15 so over three shots over par and that was with a lot of the field going out in the morning and shooting a half reasonable score which Oosthausen did now from the weather forecast I know we're going to go on to this we're looking at a weather forecast that turns what you would probably perceive as a 16, 17, 18 under golf course into something far more technical than that and that, of course, is going to have a huge impact on the types of player that you probably want to be back in this week. So, yeah, well, let's get on to the weather forecast because this this is the one tournament, I think the one major above all others, that the weather forecast is so much more important and and then analysing where your, your guys are on the draw. So, 
what, let's let's give the what, listeners the weather forecast we were discussing just before we came on air. Um, okay, so let, let's uh, let's work in reverse, I suppose. Sunday is going to be around about fifteen to twenty mile an hour winds, but it's it's kind of okay across across the whole, yeah, across the day. So early starters, late starters, yeah, that's fairly straightforward. But where it starts to get interesting is, uh, in terms of first round leader on the Thursday. Early, uh, early starters. The first from around, you know, 6:30 starts, and around there, 6:30, 8:30, 9 o'clock, they're getting the best of the conditions. Very, very tranquil. It then starts to ramp out through, ramp up through the morning, 18 kmh by 12 o'clock, and in the afternoon, it's ramping through up to 25 kmh in the afternoon. Which, at the end of the day, as you said, Barry, off, off air, you know, if you're a links golfer, um, you're playing a big, wide golf course. Uh, at St Andrews, 25 kilometres an hour isn't scary in the slightest. Overly, it's still very scorable. So scoring on Thursday should be very strong. Uh, if, like I said, first round leader. If the, for me, the leader of the championship is going to come from the the earliest tee times. Yeah. Um, Friday though is where it gets really interesting. 24 uh, kmh winds on average from seven o'clock in the morning. They don't increase due. To through the morning, so it's pretty consistent, and then from three o'clock, and of course it's a weather forecast, it could change in a couple of hours, it could change tomorrow morning, but to be fair, the, the, the actual numbers have been strengthening all throughout the day with the updates, from from around about three o'clock on, that, the course turns particularly nasty, we're talking 30 kmh at uh, three o'clock, um, working its way right through to, uh, sorry, um, working its way through to around about 37, 40 kilometres an hour come 5, 6 o'clock. They're saying gusts of up to 50, 60 kilometres an hour. And you think, well, maybe the players will come off. But the fact of the matter is, six, seven days ago, a lot of the course was underwater. Um, a lot of the players, including Tiger Woods, have been saying that they have never seen sand Andrew so soft. So if you think it through, there's not going to be any electrical activity. There's no rain coming in, supposedly, with this squall. Um, from what I'm seeing, I think a lot of these golfers, they're going to have to play through. And it's going to, it could really, really be damaging to a lot of players. So I think the draw, it, it could be, a, it could be a, a, a really key component, as it was in 2010, to the actual winner here. So based on that... Oh, I'm sorry, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday <laughs> is going to be 35, 40 kmh throughout the day. So you need to be a very, very strong wind player. Yeah. yeah. And extremely patient as well. And with a, with a caddy who's got a good head on his shoulders, I, I would assume too, to keep you your head pretty level. Yeah. The so, other thing with it is, it isn't a consistent wind. It, it's changing direction throughout the day. So, you know, and throughout a round. You're going to need experience. You're going to need a very, very patient mindset, and you're going to need a very experienced caddy to, to work it all through. In my, in my opinion, yeah, I was watching Tiger Woods' press conference earlier, and he was talking about one of the first times he played it there. And when he reached the turn, the tide turned, and so did the wind. And because of that, he ended up playing pretty much all 18 holes into the wind. Or you know, we didn't have any help along. Throughout his round, and that could conceivably happen to somebody with the wind switching around like this. Yeah, that's very, very true. So we we have 
14 par 4s to deal with um, changing weather conditions a little bit of a soft golf course you know what? You know you need a good mental game, but other than that, like what sort of attributes do go- the, the golfers need to succeed really well this week? I mean, with the massive greens, I would imagine that things like three putt avoidance and overall putting is something that that could be important enough. Scrambling, mm-hmm. particularly obviously sand safe. Scrambling for anything over thirty yards, which a lot of players struggle with. You know, distance scrambling, three putt avoidance is key. You know. I've, you read a lot of um, comments from golfers saying that you know three putts around at these huge greens is so easy. Mm. Um, distance control is going to be vital, but I, I think a lot of this is going to come down to if, if, you, if you're if you're still long off the tee, but your control, you've got a low stinger type, you can play in the wind. So a Ricky Fowler, a Martin Keimer, Tiger Woods in his pop. Someone that still can hit the ball a long way, but control that drive. Paul Casey, they're still going to have an advantage, in my opinion. But it certainly isn't going to be as distance and total driving dominant as it has been. I I think there's going to need to be a a real... um, I think the greens and regulation numbers are going to be considerably down on where we've seen them before. Because the wind is just going to be so... So uh, nasty for for a lot of the, a lot of the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have a lot of lot of guys playing 27, 30 holes in really nasty conditions. Yeah. See, and I imagine also uh, to include in that group of players anybody with a Scottish passport <laughs> or Irish. Yeah, or Irish. Yeah, yeah. That's Mr. true. Mr. Lowry. Yeah, Mr. Lowry. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It, from what I'm seeing, um, Sean's uh, chain finds himself on the better side of the draw. Uh, well, not so sure actually. Sorry, I've misread that. He, he, he potentially on the wrong side, but not quite as bad as some of them. From what I'm saying, yeah, not to the extreme end of things. And what no. about our? What about our? I suppose for any listeners who are suppose around our area, what about our local amateur uh, Paul Dunn? How's his draw looking? And then we drove at like six thirty eight on um, Thursday, I think. Yeah, so well, 643. this is it. Yeah, well, six forty three on Thursday. Yeah, he's then late on Friday. Exactly. That's that's the whole point. He goes off in group number two on the Thursday. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at his draw on the on the um, Friday. Uh, talk about yourself. Probably very late. He could avoid the wind on the Friday. He actually goes out at uh, court twelve on the uh, on the Friday, which isn't as bad as it could be. Mm, yeah. You know, here you go, uh, Tiger Woods, Oosthausen Day. Look at Oosthausen. He always seems to be p- p- t- uh, partnered with Woods. Three o'clock they go out. Oh. And yeah. He, uh, if he had, yeah, like he played his first round in Chambers Bay, what seven over playing with Tiger? Mm. You've got to play yeah. with anyone who's actually a respectable golfer. So they say he may have actually won the competition and almost won the tournament. Exactly, yeah. Matt Suama, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, two thirty Friday. Yeah. yeah, Westwood, Westwood Garcia, Reed, court past two. Bubba Watson, heavily backed Bubba Watson. Ian Poulter, Charles Schwartz, or another outsider has been backed in. They're off at two o'clock. There's some names there. 
Frank Schnedeker, 130. Uh, JB Holmes has been well back, you know, big, powerful guy. Oh, yeah. He's done out a quarter to two. You just think to yourself, can JB Holmes a quarter to two on Friday withstand winds of up to 40 and 50 kmh? You know, for me, no. Yeah. So, That's interesting you say Bubba is um, just, we will get to a bit more in depth analysis of the players, but interesting you say he's well backed considering out of his one, two, six performances in the Open Championship, his best result is 23rd. Blow across the board, he's been really bad, which suggests at this time of the day on a Tuesday, uh, on a Tuesday over here that he's been tipped up by the racing post. Yeah, yeah. So Steve, Steve Palmer or Chapman or both potentially. They, they've got bought Bubba. Now you think about it, you know, he, he can shoot, you know, he's, he is okay in the wind, but for me, it's not, it's not such, it's not just the wind when these guys come across to, to Scotland and play in the UK, Ireland, whatever. It's the temperatures, because, you know, I'm, I'm seeing temperatures of 14, 15, um, degrees Celsius. Uh, you know, a lot, a, a lot of the, uh, American friends, they literally, they, they struggle in those kind of temperatures. Whereas to me that's actually a beautiful summer's day, and we'd be wearing oh, yeah, we'd be wearing shorts and t-shirts yeah. and sun cream, <laughs> and probably sweat, the, sweating profusely. Yeah, for the windburn. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going out in the tightest t-shirt for my jogging conditions, aren't I? That must make you, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, so, but, so yeah. 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 Yeah, if you if you live in Florida or he, he doesn't anymore, I don't know about that. I think he lives. He's got houses all over the place. I think he lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's got one up to Greenbrier there. They played the tournament down. But yeah, they don't, they just purely don't like it. They just don't like it. Mm. Um, okay, well, I mean, look, it's probably a good time to actually go have a rip through the markers and just discuss, you know, the, the odds of the top guys. So. Um, course we'd highly recommend anyone to go to odds checker if you are making a bet or going to golfbettingsystem.co.uk to see what deals you guys have and what you guys have hooked up for all the members we will go through lots, all lots of deals this way yeah lots and lots of deals we, we have that we have that to uh, go through a little later on in our chat but uh, as always we take ours from the the, the green bookie uh, here in Ireland Paddy Power so Jordan Speed is the market leader at six to one. Dustin Johnson's eleven to one. Ricky is sixteen to one after his win last week in Scotland. Justin Rose eighteen to one. Stenson's twenties, as is Adam Scott. Ustausen's twenty two. Jason Day thirty, as is Paul Casey and Sergio. Shane Lowry is thirty three to one, as well as Matsuyama and Martin Keimer. Tiger is a very ungenerous thirty five to one with Paddy Power. I think he's available for longer elsewhere. Um, and Phil is also 35 to 1 along with Bubba Watson. Brandon Grace is 40s, Brandon Sedeker 45s, and the rest of the field is 50 to 1 and out. There's a whole bunch of them on 50 there. Jimmy Walker, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, and the rest are out from beyond that. So, what, what do you think about the top of the market? I mean, of course, Speed has had an unbelievable year, but he's, uh, He's doing something that doesn't seem to work well for open winners. He played the John Deere last weekend, and yeah, he won. But it uh, that stat doesn't work too well, does it? When you're coming over to an open to try win the open. I think I think Jordan. Um, I think he's the new Tiger Woods to a certain extent. I think the battle that he's going to have with Rory for world number one. Don't forget, if he wins this, he goes to world number one. Mm-hmm. The battle that those two are going to have over the. the 
the next few years is fascinating. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely mouth watering to see those two going head to head. McElroy, um, beautiful golf swing, um, greens in regulation monster, beautiful ball striker versus Spieth that's just kind of good at everything and an absolutely unbelievable putter. Um, the weather conditions, in a way, for me, potentially work to Jordan's in his advantage because if this was a pure green to regulation, distant, total driving, um, big driving distance uh, contest, as it has been in the past, you're going to you're fearing for Jordan because you know he doesn't hit 80% of green in regulation around a course like this. He just isn't that kind of player. But what he is is a fantastic scrambler. He's a decent enough wind player. He's an awesome putter. The, the only thing that goes against Spieth, as you said, he's coming straight across from the John Deere Classic. He has no course experience whatsoever. His caddy, as his caddy didn't live down the coast by three miles like he did at Chambers Bay. And you just, I don't know. He seems to be the kind of guy that can do anything at will. But for me, and this is... This is my opinion. I'm sure on Monday I'll look like an absolute idiot. For me, he shouldn't have played the John Deere Classic. He should have come over a week early and done his homework with the golf course. That's what I think. Um, do I back Jordan Speed at 7-1 or 6-1 to one with Paddy Power as it stands? Well, do we think that a tournament with winds up to 60 kilometres an hour is the kind of tournament where you want to be getting on a 6-1 to one shot that isn't Tiger Woods in his prime? For me, no. Um, I know for a fact, if you look at Dustin Johnson, he's an awesome wind player, great by the coast, um, should have won at Chambers Bay, but I, I tipped him, so he, he three-putted from 12, 12 feet in the, on the last. But, at the end of the day, I would have, and I know Paul Williams, who's done our main tips for the week, my partner, um, he, he, he does all the European tour action, always does the home action in Britain, he would have backed Dustin Johnson at 20 to 1 this week, but he can't touch him at 11 to a win only price. Because, is it going to be that kind of tournament where the favourites are actually going to win, win it at those prices at a win only price? For me, I, I, they, they're just too short, mm. in, my, in my opinion, in Paul's opinion. Jordan Speeth is uh, one of those guys that. Over the last, you know, six eight months, as he's been going on this phenomenal run, I've, I've just been saying to myself, "Well, there's no way he can do X, Y, and Z next because of all previous history." He just seems yeah. to sh- shred that rule book up and yeah. go off and you know just totally break the mold. Every week, I, every week I try to second guess what he can do. He goes and just yeah. makes me, yeah, like you said, make, makes me look like a fool on Monday morning. So. Shouldn't have won Augusta because he played too many tournaments before and he burned himself out. Well, that was rubbish. He goes to Chambers Bay. Golf course isn't really going to suit him. Yeah, he's not going to win two majors on the trot. He does that. He is this, and this is why I'm saying he's Tiger-esque. He's 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 actually pushing back the boundaries of golf. He's 21 years of age. Now, this this guy's an incredible, incredible, um, just. He's an incredible golf player, and he's doing things that we haven't seen since Tiger first broke through. So yeah, you probably find he goes and wins it. Well, they always say about they always say about Jordan like that. 
he's the hang arounder golfer rather than the Rory McIlroy style. When Rory McIlroy is on his game, he just blitz everything, whereas uh, Speed will hang around. And all of a sudden, he'll see that no one else is going to win the competition, and then he just does something like what Ricky Fowler did in Scotland and also in, um, in the PGA. Jordan over in the John Deere, he finished with four birdies out of six, exactly. last six and holes. Yes, uh, uh, Ricky birdied three out of his last four mm-hmm. in, the, in uh, Scotland. and So he realizes that he can win it. He kind of get, you know, he looks like he's a very lazy golfer. You're looking away. He looks like a guy who's going, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or as uh, you know, like in this, my best Scottish accent, ah, I don't really care. You're looking away, but uh, then all of a sudden he just blitzes it, and you're like, going, well, where did that come from? Like he was, he was level higher after the first round of the John Deere because he was obviously not playing or he hadn't played the, the, the course in a while, and then he was 17 under for the next two rounds. And uh, he's twenty-eight to one Friday morning to win that. Wow, twenty-eight to one. And it was interesting because he didn't. But I don't think he birdied the. He didn't birdie uh, make a birdie until something like the sixth or the seventh on the Friday. Because I'm sitting here thinking, is he? You know, is that is that jet of his just revving up on the runway, just about to to get going towards you know toward Edinburgh Airport? And then all of a sudden, there was about six birdies in seven holes. You're thinking, no. <laughs> I think already he's starting to intimidate players because as you say he just hangs around hangs around and they all think all of a sudden oh Jordan Spieth's involved here and I think he's starting to get that intimidation factor already scary really it's it's not his persona it's just what he does you can just they realise and they've seen him do it so many times since like last October November he just goes in a string of birdies, and all of a sudden he's gone and put the pressure back on them to make loads of birdies. He's uh, he's absolutely sensational. Um, we could talk about him for a long, long Sorry, time. Sorry, of course, but we, we need to move on. We need to move on. Um, <laughs> speaking of the other young phenom, Ricky Fowler now, he's gone and won his first European Tour event just there in Scotland. Um, again, proven his Lynx pedigree. What do you think about Ricky pulling off of Phil Mickelson, the Scottish Open Open Championship double? When, um, when Ricky won his first PGO Tour event back in, in 2011, what, uh, was it, his, I think it was 11, or it could have been, yeah, it was 11, he, uh, Quail Muller, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he then went on a tear, and uh, I think the next tournament was the Players' Championship, and he finished second there, could have won it. He's the kind of player that can pull together week on week, yeah, two decent performances week on week. He is very, he's very Mickelson-like, very on and off compete for majors we saw that last year of the short prices and um, I'm seeing him at 16 to 1 right now with Paddy Power um, he's on the right side of the draw we know he's an incredible links player if you go back to St. Roy, uh, St. George's back in 2011 uh, a nasty golf course Royal St. George's and he was right in the mix for that he, he loves par 72 he's been whipped off the tee I think Fowler for me is, the, is, is probably, in my opinion, the favourite for this. He should be the favourite. He isn't, obviously. But looking at the side of the draw, I, I just think he's, he, he's got the, the, the right game for the job here. One, one thing that interested me from about his win just there on Sunday in Scotland is that he didn't have that um, mental fatigue or stress of leading the tournament. He only led the tournament for the first time in his own when he made that tap-in birdie on 18. So... He didn't have that all day yeah. Saturday, all day Sunday pressure of dealing with the leading. He just went and grabbed it at the very end, and it, 
he'll it'll almost be like he took that win in his stride, and it won't have taken. I don't think it'll have taken that much out of him at all. If anything, it may just energize him more, in my opinion. Yeah, it's I agree. I say that because uh, I know we're not talking about McIlroy, but when it came to Fowler actually in uh, last year in the PGA, uh, <coughs> McIlroy was in the lead, mm. and then he fell out of the lead, and uh, Ricky Fowler took the lead. Mm. Yeah, and then yeah. Ricky Fowler fell away. Yeah, because he was playing with Phil, and it was a big Phil, and you know, and uh, McElroy came back. So mm-hmm. I actually agree with you there that maybe you know, maybe what he's doing is he's trying to time his bolts like a seven furlong horse race. You know that he's only literally taking the lead at the at the very end. He's going to try and be a hang rounder golfer, so he doesn't get that pressure. Yeah, and maybe the new girlfriend is, is suiting him. You know, he seems to be having the time of his life, and why wouldn't he? He does. He does. Ever since he's gone to Butch, he's just he's looked. He's just gone up a few levels, and he's he really is a special golfer and, and worth serious consideration this week, as you say, Steve. And could almost be the favourite. If, if you remember as well, Players Championship this year, he again yeah. it was a final round burst, wasn't it, to win yeah. it all. He isn't a Rory McIlroy that can lead the tournament from the first tee to the last. He, he peaks. The thing with founders and the thing you get with all Butch Harmon products now, they, Butch knows how to get players ready for major championships, yeah? yeah. He's done it with Bill for Duncan's years. And he's doing exactly the same job with Ricky Fowler. I think he's got a very, very, very good chance this week. Mm-hmm. So I think we might do these the next three kind of together because they all seem to, they all have very nice golf swings. They all hit the ball a bloody mile, and they're all green and regulation monsters. So we've Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, and Adam Scott. Out of the, you can, I mean, I can see all three of them, you know, hanging around or getting in there to the top ten for sure. And um, Adam Scott's got Williams back in the bag. Justin Rose is just, you know, ever since his U.S. Open win at Marion, he's he's just up there all the time now. Um, and Stenson seems to be trending in the right direction with uh, his good green and regulation numbers again. Do you have any thoughts on those three? I've, I've, um, Adam Scott um, doesn't have the greatest record round here, is he? Uh, I think that, I think the fact that Steve Williams is, uh, but I don't understand why really, because you know, again, brilliant driver of the golf ball, total driving, brilliant, high GIR type of guy. You'd have thought St Andrews was suiting down to the ground. Yeah, you really would. And maybe with it being soft, this softer than it ever has been before, it will suit him down to the ground. Scott's an adequate wind player. I wouldn't say he's top notch, but he can play in the wind. So I think with Steve on the bag, Steve Williams, I can see Scott being a factor. He's on the right side of the draw if there is going to be this bias. So Scott's a, Scott's a positive. Henrik Stenson loves St Andrews. Um, I know, I know that he's your favourite player, um, Barry. Um, I, I think Stenson's got a live chance as well. Whether he can actually win, whether he can actually sink the putts he needs to sink to get the job done, that's still up in the air. Justin Rose, I, I've got that, that, I've got doubts about Justin in really serious links type environment. You know, with really harsh winds. Um, I know that he won at Royal Aberdeen last year. I know he was playing well this last week at Killeen. But those, you know, those, that, that, it was interesting at Killeen when, was it 11 under won it? Mm. He fell away. He did. At Royal Aberdeen, he won it at something like 19, 18, 19 under par. Or, I, from what I'm seeing, this week isn't going to be that kind of birdie fest. Mm. For me, of the three, Scott, Stenson and Rose, if you were to ask me, Steve, who don't, 
Rose would be the weakest of those three for me. Mm. And his Open Championship record's not exactly stellar. Like the, uh, that's out of the last five years, that. last year was his best at 23rd, so... Um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. You know, he, he, has, he has taken that jump in pedigree, and um, yeah, I'd be curious to see how Justin goes this week. Can I ask you a question, Steve? Uh, <coughs> like, obviously, Henrik Stenson hasn't won a major yet. No. Okay, that's a big, big factor going into a major. Okay, so I suppose my question would be: uh, if it's not going to be a previous major winner who's going to win this, who is? Your your top pick for a non-major winner to win, Brandon Grice. Boom! He won on St Andrews before. I was actually going to ask you about that, but already, uh, great answer. I'm getting very excited here. It's <laughs> <laughs> the open. You get excited, can't you? Oh yeah, it's great. Absolutely. Don't forget these are Paul Williams's tips, um, but I would have gone for Brandon Grace myself as well. The thing that impressed me at Chambers Bay with Grace, and we all know, we, we discussed this in the US Open show, Grace, when he when he's by the sea, um, he's a phenomenal golfer. Um, he, in a way, it looked to me last week in Scotland that he wasn't, he was just going through the routine. He didn't want to peak too early. He was number one in ball striking at um, Calais last week. He was hitting the ball beautifully. It was just the putter was a little bit cold for him, yeah? Now, Chambers Bay, for me, and if you looked at his record, Grace was the kind of golfer that tends to win tournaments in double digits. Chambers Bay didn't suit him on that basis. But you think about it, he had a real chance to win that golf tournament, even on the 16th on the Sunday, when he actually went out of bounds. Yeah. He was right in the mix there. Mm. The, te- the test this week, don't, don't worry about him being a, a, about wind and Grace. He's a fantastic win player. He's also in the late, early side of the draw, which for me is the better side of the draw. I think of 40 to 1, seven places each way with Paddy Power. That's a phenomenal bet this week, Brandon Wright. Mm. He's, in, he's in some serious form. Yeah, I like that answer. Yeah, that, I would have. I, I actually I was watching it. He was practicing with Deuce Days, and uh, over the last couple of days, they had a big article on the fact that the two of them have previously won in St. Andrews. So. Mm. Uh, that was obviously that's always going to be a big factor when you've won somewhere before whether it's a major or not to know that you've crossed the line and where that line is is a big thing one of the golf betting system uh, guys you know we've got the Facebook group you guys are members um, always worth coming to for listeners if you're not if you're not a member already it's golf betting system group on Facebook one of the guys was following him uh, on Friday and Saturday at Calais and he, he, he basically uh, put on, on our group how impressed he was with Brandon Grace, mm. playing really nicely. And the guy followed him around the course, so uh, that, that, that to me is good. I, I just, he, he's also the kind of non-major winner that isn't scared of winning. If he gets a sniff, he's, he's like a Ricky Fowler. I know that sounds ridiculous, because everyone was saying how overrated Ricky Fowler was a couple of months ago. <laughs> but he's one of these guys, like a Jordan Speed. Like a, uh, like a, I was going to say like a Dustin Johnson, apart from majors, he's one of these guys that if you give him a shot, they're not scared of winning. But that, that was what they were showing the stats on him. I think he had six 54-hole leads before the final round of Chambers Bay, and he'd won all those tournaments that he had a 54-hole lead or co-lead. And he's got eight wins in 100-and-something tournaments. Like He's a prolific winner. He's, yeah. And don't, 
yeah, don't forget, Barry, that Grace you know, out in the States, he's, he's barely played any golf out there. So it's all new to him, the PGA Tour and the United States golf. Mm-hmm. And as Bill said, a, 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 a course winner, this is, this is European Tour-style golf, isn't it, this week? Mm-hmm. I think Grace is a phenomenal price at 4 to one Actually, yeah, well, we'll use that little kind of course winner segue to um, talk about another couple of guys who go very well about St. Andrews. We'll loop back up to the higher parts of the betting, but Tommy Fleetwood has a ridiculous um, record around St. Andrews. There was an article on the Betfair blog where, um, I have it open there, I think it was. Who did it? Who did the article? Uh, oh, fine. Dave Tindall did the article, but he, yeah. he isolated the St. Andrews scores from the... Um, the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship and Tommy Fleetwood yeah. has a silly good record around St Andrews. I think his last four rounds are he's twenty six under par for St Andrews. So just, just, just as I don't want to insult them, but the the Alfred Dunhill Lynx is a pro am. It's played around St Andrews for only thirty six of the seventy two holes. Mm-hmm. They Kings Barnes and they play Carnoustie. Now it was interesting with Grace. His record, and I'm, I'm referring to the Dave Tyndall piece. Um, his record across St Andrews wasn't as strong as it was across the other courses, but he, he could still obviously play St Andrews. I'm, I'm not concerned about that in the slightest. But yes, um, you've got some players like Tommy Fleetwood, and I don't know if you're going to mention Victor De Voisson. Yeah. Golfers <laughs> around St Andrews, absolutely. Now, whether Tommy Fleetwood, and I saw a tweet from Tommy last night, he was asked directly by someone how he liked playing in the rain, how he liked playing in the wind. And his response wasn't overly positive, it has to be said. So, uh, you know, mm. but I, I don't know, you know, for, for longer prices, someone like Tommy, someone like Victor De Bruyson, someone like Charles Spartzel, who's also got a half-decent record around here, obviously a major winner, you can tell, you know, I'm looking at odds checker right now, all three of those names have, have got lots of money going on them. Mm. And I can see why. I can really see why. Yeah, definitely. Dubuisson's one of my kind of mid mid range outsiders. Um, he's shown a good bit of form, playing well in France there recently, and he clearly loves that kind of creative style of golf. And w- when the winds are whipping, you're going to have to get very clever with uh, your, the style of golf shots and the t- and the shape of your golf shots. And yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, there's a big South African team coming in. You just dropped in Schwarzel there, you know. And, we all know Louis Oosthuizen plays St. Andrews very well. So the South Africans, they showed up very well at the U.S. Open, and it seems like they're shaping up to to put a big challenge in here this week. You've only got to look at Ernie Els, isn't it, and his open record. Fantastic. You know, these South Africans, they, you know, they, they play a lot of golf down by the coast in their junior years. And you know, if you're looking for a, you know, a potential wild card, I don't think 200, uh, 200 to 1 with Paddy Powell and Retief Goosen's incredibly out of. Yeah. You could see someone like Goosen getting involved in this. Experienced, decent win player, loves it when the scoring's very, very tough. He's, qualifi- he's qualified for all of these major championships, which has impressed me. Yeah, the way that he's gone away and qualified for all these things shows a real hunger for the game at the moment. Mm. Goosen's record, I think he, well, he's got a fifth and a sixth here in the last two opens they played here. Yeah, two hundred to one, big big price. And some bookies, I think Betfair are offering eight places this week. Yeah, if you, yeah, it's, it's horses for courses, isn't it? You know, they're, they're picking the guys they want to be competitive on. Yeah, yeah. Retief Goosen, for example, one hundred twenty-five to one with Betfair, eight places each one. Yeah. 
That tells you a story. So you're be- you'd be better off with another bookie at seven places uh, at 200. Yeah. And obviously the odds compiler at Bet- Betfair knows the guy's record and that sees him as a danger this week, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, one, one that Paddy Perrodon seems to have isolated too well, and he's been having a great last couple of years, and has a good record around up there in St. Andrews, is David Howell. He's got the experience, you know, from the British Isles, so like, if anyone knows how to play golf, it's this guy. These are the kind of names that I think we might see get involved this week. There's going to be people, you know, there's going to be players that if the weather was tranquil and the weather you know, it was flat calm and a soft golf course. There's going to be players in the mix that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And yeah, there's going to be some experienced guys in there. David Howell obviously knows his way around the golf course, that's for sure. I always find it interesting that when, you know, you listen to, no, I know there's always a little bit of favouritism because of the fact that obviously Howell is, uh, is from the sky birth, uh, having retired and then gone back to it. But they all seem to be singing off the same hymn sheet when they say that when David Howell was at the height of his golf game that there was no one better from within 10 foot that's what they they say I can't remember that far I can't remember my grow of love being uh, sorry grow being love uh, love of golf being that uh, that far back you know Mm. but he was supposedly the real deal from within 10 foot so if you're talking about 3 foot or 3 foot uh, territory within the, the, the double greens in St. Andrews. Three foot avoidance, yeah. Three foot, sorry, three foot avoidance. You're looking at someone yeah. who's going to be able to get those putts from 10 foot. And I've been watching him put of late, uh, in the various tournaments that he's playing, and he just seems to roll them all in. You know. He's yeah, a beautiful putter. So, this is an Irish podcast. We're going to talk about the Irish guys who we'll just nip past Jason Day, Paul Casey, and Sergio. We can maybe loop them back into the conversation in a little bit. Um, Shane Lowry is playing some very nice golf at the moment. He's earned his PGA Tour card. He had an okay week in Scotland, but uh, he's going to St. Andrews. He loves his links golf. Do you think Shane is going to be um, giving himself a shout come Sunday afternoon? I'll throw this back at you. What, what do you think to 33-1 to on Shane? I, I think it's disgustingly short, and I think it's an Irish price on an Irish man. Yeah. Um, I think they're afraid of the money that's going to be put on him because he's the highest-ranked Irish player. Um, yeah, so, well, in the field. In the field, mm. take away, obviously, McElroy. Um, but you're looking at the fact that the bookies are afraid of the money that they're going to give out. Now, yeah. normally in a lot of scenarios, you might turn around and see that if you've got someone like that, they may say... Oh, and it, you might get your money back. You know, there's always these little deals that they say, mm. if he doesn't come this way, we'll give you your money back. But I think they're actually afraid of the fact that Larry is going to come in the top six. You know, yeah. uh, he was top nine last year. Uh, yeah. He finished, what, give or take top ten in the US Open. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at the fact that his, 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 his record is proving for himself. And also, you bring back in, as you were saying earlier on, the conditions, the, the, the weather... The fact that he loves, you know, he's Irish. He, he's a big guy. He doesn't like the heat as much as that. <laughs> you know, he sweats like the same as I sweat. You know, so he's going to love this kind of weather conditions that he's going to be in his element. And uh, he's playing some ridiculously good golf at the moment. Um, so I think they're just, I think the bookies in Ireland are afraid. They are. I think they're... for me, the conditions play, these um, gnarly, these gnarly conditions play to his strengths. Mm. And the other interesting factor with Shane is that 
I mean, I'll throw this one back to you guys as well. I don't know what kind of front runner he is, but if you look at Shane, he's going out in uh, he's going out in Group Eight at seven forty nine on Thursday morning. He's going out with we just mentioned him, Retief Goosen and Kevin Strillman, Yeah, now Goosen, good player out at Andrews. In a way, you could see Shane Lowry potentially being a very good first round leader bet here. Yeah. Now, whether he so whether he can take it through the, the full tournament, I, I don't know. But I think I can see Lowry being very close to the top of the leaderboard early doors. He hasn't got the very worst of the draw. It's better than, say, Jason Day Woods and Oosdowser going out at 3 o'clock. He goes out at 12.50 on the Friday, yeah? But in really nasty conditions, you know, mm. Shane Lowry is very, very well equipped to survive that. And, of course... They're all going to have to survive a very, very tough Saturday as well. Mm. So I think top six, top seven, Shane Lowry is a, is a, is a decent bet. I really do. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to shout a bookmaker to, to listeners, and I know, you know, 33 to 1 is the price available um, with, with, as you said, with Paddy Power. Yeah. You know, you could go to Sky Bet, for example, who are offering seven places and get 40 to 1. Yeah. You know, and that's looking a lot better, isn't it? Stan James are at 40 to 1. And get this. Betfair Sports, eight places each way. They just lengthened his price to forty to one. Eight places mm-hmm. each way. That's a phenomenal bet. That's a much more attractive price on them altogether, um, and it seems like the market more or less has settled on them at forties. Um, yeah, you can get get fifty at Ladbrokes, six places. But yeah, it's forty to one, eight places with Betfair. They've just they've just gone out from thirty three. So that to me is a good price. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. I think one of the things that you had said, Steve, uh, earlier on with regards to the the traits that are necessary to get around uh, St Andrews is yeah. uh, your uh, up and downs from within thirty yards. Yeah, everyone on the PGA Tour, you know, they all reckon European Tour and PGA Tour now. Mm-hmm. Particularly because he's he's becoming more of a I suppose what's the worldwide golfer worldwide golfer they yeah. all rave I mean rave about Lowry's chipping yeah this mm. is the massive thing about him he all like they always turn and say that he is like I suppose the most creative and the most genius person from around the greens like okay he may struggle in other areas like you know the play mm. but when he gets up around the greens it's like you can see the smile on his face when he gets these shots yeah. it's like he's really enjoying himself it's like a right handed Mickelson though he really is special with the wedges in his hand around the greens exactly <laughs> yeah yeah you're looking at him going okay like you don't fear it like you know with McElroy I sometimes fear that he's not going to get up and down you know that kind of way whereas with Lowry you're kind of going actually this is nothing for Lowry yeah, he's probably trying to hold it <laughs> yeah yeah like Tiger was years ago you'd see Tiger and they'd taken out the flags and all that I think that that's another thing about Larry is that this win is going to blow that he has the, the I suppose the game to get to get it into the hole. If, you, if, if us three were down the pub three weeks ago and we're discussing this, yeah, and we're seeing a soft golf course, tranquil conditions, yeah, and and, and we say who's going to win? You, all three of us would have sat there and gone, Rory McIlroy will win this. It'll be five five to one. Maybe six to one with the bookmakers, he'll witness at a canter, and he would have done, yeah? Mm-hmm. You're, uh, in that, three weeks ago, in those conditions, you'd have been Shane Lowry. I can see him kind of potentially top ten, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be able to hit that 80% greens irregulation number or more that you're going to need around here. Now, we're talking here and now, we're seeing a, a, a very tough 
uh, weather forecast. We're seeing no Rory McIlroy. We're seeing a golf course that's still soft, but it isn't going to be a great green regulation fest yet. This is coming to Shane Lowry. The, the tournament really is playing to his strengths, undoubtedly. Okay, Patrick Harrington. He, we all know he can grind with the best of them. Um, yeah. He's a winner this year on tour, so he's got that going for him. But you just never seem to know which which Patrick Harrington is going to show up on any given week. He could be he could as easily go you know seventy eight eighty for his two rounds, or he could go shoot a couple of sixty eights and be right in the mix. Um, I personally think myself that I know you were talking about um, uh, potentially Shane going out with the teeth and all that being a first round leader. I actually genuinely believe that Harrington is going to be the first round leader. I just I have this I have this sneaky suspicion that he's going to go around there in something like sixty six, but then unfortunately he's going to go out and do something like seventy eight or seventy nine in the second round. Probably missed the cut, <laughs> but uh, I just think that he I per, I think that he always seems to be coming good in first rounds. Maybe it's a tiredness factor as well, but uh, he's playing good golf at the moment. Maybe the time now as Barry's just after opening the time there that might suit him. Um, but he's playing with Mark Warren, who's playing some good golf at the moment as well. They could bring themselves through the round yep. I think that's yep. always a very important thing who are you playing with Mark Warren's playing some of the best golf of his career at the moment yeah absolutely well um, I tipped up Sean Stephanie at uh, John Deere Classic and he was he was in the second last group going out last week and I thought yeah, yeah could, could, we could be in here Stephanie could play it. and then I looked on the PJ Tour website and I saw that he'd been paired with Justin Thomas and my hat my heart sunk to my boots because Thomas in final rounds is at the moment, yeah, mm. he's really struggling. Yeah. And I just thought Stephanie's going to collapse. He three putted from twelve feet on the first hole on Sunday. It being paired in a good group is a really really important goal. I've actually tipped up Harrington at one hundred and seventy five to one um, to for the tournament itself with one of my long shots. Mm. Right. If you actually if you look at his record around. Uh, around here and this is it if you remember the only golf tournament this year in the states where the wind was howling was PGA National where he won yeah yeah 40 mile hour winds out there and the guy it was like the guy had been reborn mm. you just get a feeling with, Pad, Pad, with Padre that if he got in the mix I know what you said but if he gets in the mix come Sunday yeah mm. and if, if he can survive Saturday and beat if he's within three or four shots on Sunday, I don't think Paddy Paddy Hamilton goes backwards. You know, no. I think he'll get. He's done all this before. I don't think he'd fall away. I think he'd be right in the heat of the battle. And, he, and his record here. Let me just read this to you. Two wins at the. Uh, I'm talking here in terms of Dunhill. Yeah, Dunhill Lincoln Championship. Two wins, a third, a fifth, two more top tens, and three top twenties. Yeah, that just says it all for me. I tipped him up 175 to 1 with Stan James. I'm just looking at Odds Checker. He's already 150 to 1. Yeah, a little bit of money sneaking on to him. But do, 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 do you also think that there might be an emotional factor there? That you've got like the, the likes of myself, who uh, I'm not a big, go- I'm not a big uh, gambler, right? Um, simply because of the fact that I don't know, you know much about it or... Like I might uh, now, having listened to you, I might actually do something about it. <laughs> uh, particularly talking about Brandon Grace, but I'd be the kind of person that'd be sitting around and go, you know, I might stick a fiver each way on on, uh, yeah. on Harrington." What? That's the whole point. Why wouldn't you stick a fiver on him? 
especially yeah. in these conditions. Again, if this was tranquil, it was going to be straightforward, I wouldn't even mention Paddy Arrington because he, he just hasn't got the game for mm. it. But when it's blowing up to 60 kilometres an hour with wind, 50 yeah. All of a sudden, you want really experienced Lynx golfers that know how to survive. Uh, I can, you know, and like you said earlier, in terms of Shane, they're 100 to 1 with Paddy Power. Yeah, they're, they're obviously very, very... Um, they, Paddy Power are... That price. Paddy Power are the worst prices on Irish golfers out of, out of the entire bookmaking world. They just crush them. Because I mean, they must get it. They get a lot. Probably get an awful lot of emotional bets from you know part-time gamblers. But they also uh, Will's going to take a little time out here. <laughs> He's going to check his wallet to see if he has funds to back Paddy. Um, yeah. uh, so look, we really do seem to be kind of getting towards a trend of needing a grinder. Somebody's really patient. Are there, are there any other ones? Um, I know you've done up a few of the long odds. So and because it's going to have an open tournament, it seems that. I might be leaning towards a couple of long odds players while I always swing for the fences on those. What other grinders have kind of caught your eye? Players that have caught my eye, I, I'll warn you in advance, I, I'm going absolutely two-footed on this draw, yeah, the late-early scenario. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way I am. Paul's gone the same, all four of his tips late-early. That, that's the way, you know, if you're going to do it, you just have to do it, don't you? That's the way we're going. Players that have caught my eye at bigger prices... Um, as I said, Paddy Harrington. I also think Bernd Wiesberger's not a bad bet. Very, very long hitter of the goal, Paul Wiesberger. You mentioned Dave Tyndall, and, and I've dug into it as well. If you, if you look at um, Wiesberger's record around Andrew's course, he loves the golf course. And I was surprised. When I really looked into the detail of Wiesberger, he's an exceptionally good player in very windy conditions. He tends to move forward in leaderboards when the wind's up. That's the kind of thing you're looking at. The soft golf course will sue him. We know how well he went at Valhalla. I just think he's got all, you know, he won at the, um, the Golf National a couple of weeks ago, his biggest win of his career. And that's, a, that's an inland Lynx golf course, very technical, very tough. I just think Wiesberger is a particularly uh, tempting bet for me, 70 to 1. I tipped him up uh, with Skybet. He's available seven places each way. Another one um, from for, for a bigger price as well. If you're looking for someone that's experienced, a major champion, has done well around the golf course, he also has form that links in quite well at places like um, Augusta. He's, he's done well at PGA National, which is that which is that really windy course that Harrington won at earlier in the year. Um, Jeff Ogilvy. Just think yeah, Jeff Ogilvy for me, he's starting to play very good from tee to green. He, he's good in the wind when he's striking the ball well. I've gone half a point each way, 175 to 1 with Paddy Power. Jeff Ogilvy, I, I, I think that he's another player on the right side of the draw, has experience. You just kind of get the feeling he might be hanging around come Saturday and Sunday. But can I ask you one? Um, sorry, I've, I've come back now. By the way, uh, Will, Will has fourteen pennies for a seven cent each way. Bet yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, Will, you should go down the pub before we record this. <laughs> <laughs> we should do the recording in the pub. Um, no, the one the question I have, and I always find this a bit odd, is that like you look at the people who qualify for the Open, right? And uh, in a lot of scenarios, they're not particularly good odds. Uh, with any of the bookmakers, right? Because they obviously have to go through the qualification process for the Open because their ranking isn't that good or, mm-hmm. you know, their record isn't going great at the moment. But the one thing I spotted was the fact that um, Luke Donald 
yeah. having qualified for the Open this year is uh, quite like I know he's ninety to one, but like that's quite a, a low uh, odds for someone who I suppose had to qualify. Uh, would I would I be incorrect there? Well, I suppose the thing with, yeah, he did have to qualify. The thing with Luke is he's actually showing a bit of form recently, isn't he? And his record of links courses, yeah, in, you know, links gold courses in the UK is, is very, very strong. So I can see why the bookmakers are, you know, I'm seeing him as short as 90 to 1 with Paddy Power, yeah, 70 to 1 with Stan James. He's, he's the kind of player that is starting to play better golf. Um, but yes, you know, he has been struggling this season. He's been struggling now for about eighteen months, hasn't he? To be fair, it's, 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 it's form, though. You know, it's Luke Donald. Mm. You know, it's yeah. the name itself. You're yeah. looking away. He's an ex-world number one, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's gone back to his old coach as well. It seems to be paying dividends in his performances in the last, you know, eight, eight, ten weeks. You know, and top ten last week, and um, that you know he earned his spot over. Did he earn his spot through a qualifier, or was it through no through a tournament finishing? He grabbed one of the spots for finishing in the top ten and one of the tournaments. Donald. No, he had to qualify for the Open. Yeah, but he no, but he qualified. He grabbed a spot through finishing the top ten in the PGA Tour event about no. two or three weeks ago. No, he actually he qualified in one of the. Oh, did he? Yeah, right. in one of the Open qualifiers. Okay, uh, I'm almost sure now. Maybe he, he he finished in the top ten in a competition anyway, so he might have got through, but he didn't actually. He had already qualified through. Uh, the other question is your man. What about your man Anne? What do you think about him? He's got this. Uh, Ridiculous uh, swing going at the moment. Um, yeah, he's playing some really good PGA Tour golf. Do you think he's just a bit too young and fresh and uh, used to good weather at the moment to maybe uh, put in a challenge? Well, no, it's interesting. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, Mark, I think he could go exceptionally well in. I came quite close to tipping first round leader because he goes off very early on Thursday. Yeah. He's a ball striker, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's something fun. else. Yeah, he, now, and this is the kind of course. Especially because he's going to be playing what? No, almost three quarters of it in pretty tranquil conditions. You can see Anne going. You know, one of those guys that pops up at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I, I, I do like your first round leader. I think when it turns to you know, it could be Carnageville. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure he's the kind of guy that's going to survive. We don't know, do we? We haven't seen enough of him. Mm. But yeah, first round leader. I can see some mileage in that. Okay. Jimenez, he's been playing cracking golf, and he just yeah. seems to defy age. He loves links golf. This course isn't that long. He's just gonna, ha- you know, he's just gonna rock out there and do his thing. I'd be, sh- I'd be very surprised if he was outside of the top twenty come the end of this event. Yeah, totally agree. He is on Paddy Perry's one hundred and seventy-five to one, and surely you can get him for a lot longer uh, elsewhere. You can get him for two hundred to one on Betway. And Bet Victor, so yeah, there's a. Uh, so actually, 175 is not bad with Paddy Power when you're looking across the market. Miguel could give you a good run for your money this week, I think. Do you believe you get 15 to 2 top 20 with Bet Friend? Nice. That's, that's a big price, top 20. It's almost, uh, it's almost free money. Almost. I will point out as well, he's 7 to 1 with Bet Victor, and Bet Victor are paying out. Fully on ties for top five, top ten, and top twenty. Wow! So, but if I were backing him, seven to one with Bet Victor, and you know that if he's in a tie for twenty, if you're getting that full seven to one, that's an outstanding, that's an outstanding price on on him and as it really is. Love that bet. 
I'm on lump on that myself when we finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, just that, that's a crappy bet. That yeah, is a crap bet. Make sure, let us know you've got your bet on before I hit publish and the episode goes up on the net. <laughs> <laughs> that is a crappy bet, 7 to 1. Played in tight. So, come here. Is there any point in talking about Tiger? This, this is where I'll do, I'll do what the James does to say oh I thought we were going to get through the whole show to talk about Tiger no we need to talk a little bit about Tiger definitely let's do it but is there like is there any you know he hasn't been doing anything but yet he's going back to a course that he loves yeah. uh, but he has been doing something hasn't he just ask Jason Duffner <laughs> <laughs> he's being he's being uh, relaxing uh, did you see he's been that, taking yeah. up some what's it called re- uh, recreational activities did you see they played around <laughs> the go- a practice round together though he's been working on his short game oh, <laughs> around the fringes yeah well, we could anyway. do this for a oh, day we could go we could go with the innuendos <laughs> Him, him and Jason were best of buddies in their practice round, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Jason and um, his ex, so they can spit up where we want them, Yeah, about three or, three or four months, I think the divorce was March or April or something like that, so... But, but I'm still not sure I'd be absolutely 100% okay with someone sleeping with my ex-wife after three months, but anyway. Yeah, it would be interesting to see whether... I don't have an ex-wife, so I can't answer that. <laughs> there's any truth. No, nor I, so uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods... You could look at it a couple of ways, couldn't you? Um, Tiger's ma- major weakness at the moment, you know, there's a few of them, it's his driving, it's terrible, yes? Yeah. It is shockingly bad. Now, the fairways of St Andrews are like a runway, yeah? But when you actually dig down into the detail, and I said earlier, total driving is a real strength around here. So long driving and accurate driving. Now... Has Tiger got that at the moment? No, uh, not for me. And also, it's interesting, you know, 40 to 1 is market leading price with Paddy Power, seven places each way. But they, they obviously don't rate his chances at all, Tiger Woods. Mm. Um, I, it's, uh, mm, I can't see it personally, no. I can't see it. No, that's fair enough. I just wanted to know from the eye of the, from the, eye of the master. You know, with regards to the odds and whatnot, whether you'd see it any differently to the eye of the. I think I think that's still quite a short. Thirty five is on our screen. Short price on a guy that. When did he finish? Uh, I think that's a short price for a guy that's you know, plodding around the Greenbrier Classic and struggling. I really do. Yeah, he's increasingly week on week. He's been showing better and better signs. Better, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is getting better. But, yeah, he's got you see him winning the mile, the, the uh, Open Champ. One thing I'll say about him is the fact that, uh, as we spoke about earlier on, this is a particularly short course, considering you know uh, it's a par seventy-two. It's only seven what seven thousand three hundred. Yeah. Now I know that's still ridiculously long for us amateurs, but for professionals, it's not that long. The fairways are like runways. If he has the sense. Uh, and to, I mean the sense and to, it, to not take a driver to not out take out a driver yeah. as a leave it away don't even bring it you know if his coach uh, if, if uh, Joey his caddy can actually turn around to him and cop him on for once I honestly <laughs> I honestly think that Tiger Woods could win this competition without his driver there you go you heard it here first yeah. from the guy that knows nothing about golf I, th- I tell, think you, I tell you what Tiger Woods needs he needs Steve Williams 
Oh, he got no. Steve Williams back on his bag, someone that says to him, Tiger, for God's sake, listen to me. Mm. We're going to play this kind of strategy. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Mm. I think Woods' game will start to re- turn around. It'll turn around quite quickly. I'll I tell you a little story about Woods. I know we've run out of time. Uh, 2009, I went to Turnbury for the Open, and I saw Woods waited all day for him and I, I stood within about five yards of him as he was on one of the holes that, uh, down by the um, uh, right on the coast by the um, the um, uh, what do you call it the, uh, the lighthouse yeah. and he was world number one at the time and this storm came in from the sea and it started to kick up and he was on the tee and he hit it about 60 yards left into the thickest fescue you'll ever see in your life and that was when he was playing at, at the top of his game I, I just, I don't, I don't see it this week at all. I really just don't see it. Mm. Don't see it. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, we can actually be going to talk about everybody in the field and. But you talk, yeah, you also talk about not taking drive. That's why Henrik Stenson's got a real shout this week because yeah. he'll just be banging three wood off every tee. Yeah. But that's a guy obviously who, who has a strategy and also listens it's, to his caddy. Absolutely, yeah. and that, that's that, that's the whole thing with Stenson, isn't it? When he wins tournaments like at the Earth Course last year, when he played well at East Lake to win the FedEx Cup, yeah. he's a strategist. He knows how when he's playing at his best, he can pick a golf course apart. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah I think You're I, kind of turning Barry on talking like that. <laughs> I think I think Tiger's biggest flaw is that he has this lash swing that where you know he just doesn't have he doesn't seem to have the mental ability to just dedicate himself to like that 80% power swing or whatever he needs to just get it out there and play he just can't seem to control the lash swing of the driver and that gives him his 70-80 yard misses in either direction uh, I think that was a good it's a good point right Steve Williams he gets a strong strong willed strong minded caddy on the bag and says actually Tiger you're not doing that stop being an idiot he'd have a much better chance well obviously Steve Williams is the man because uh, Adam Scott got rid of him and then uh, wanted him back yeah yeah, you know, he Steve, never, you know, so Steve Williams must be uh, some some kind of caddy. Yeah, I don't know what he Steve, does. Uh, uh, Scott never wanted Steve. Uh, Scott never wanted Steve Williams to leave. No, he oh, kept really? on persuading to stick with him, but he, in the end, he said, "No, I want to give up. I want to time off." He never wanted him to go. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how long he's back for. Whether it's just a little, a little kind of a hiatus. Yeah, or yeah, sort of uh, contract, a temporary contract. Um, let me see. Okay, well, let's. For what it's worth, my picks this week are Stenson, Dubuisson, and uh, Brant Snedeker, and a little a little flutter on Tommy Fleetwood as well. They're my four picks, and usually I have about fourteen picks, but I've actually managed to control myself somewhat. Uh, although when I do start putting the bets uh, on tomorrow, I probably will end up with another ten long shots. <laughs> So, Steve, can you give us a rundown of your bets, and then we're going to move on to talking about like what what we can get in the bookies this week, and then a little bit about the golf betting system, fantasy competitions, and the group. Yeah, okay. Um, main tips this week uh, will be Matt Kuchar, fifty-five to one with Paddy Power. If you're looking for a win player, a serious win player, Kuchar is the best on the PGA Tour. The other thing with Kuchar is. Now that the course is going to play up and it's not going to be all about crazy high GIR numbers, that comes back to Kuchar. Fantastic win player. And he's one of these guys that telegraphs wins, yes. Second last week, you just know that he won't fall away this week. I think 55-1 to 1 for Kuchar is a big, big price. 
Wolves also gone up um, 40 to 1 with Phil Mickelson. He's also gone 40 to 1 on Martin Keimer, who we know has got a fantastic record around here. Uh, I know the Gulf National last time out with Keimer, very high greens in regulation. And another thing to watch out with him, when he starts to scramble exceptionally well, he's really, you've got to keep very, very close to him. And he was, he's scrambling in, front, in Paris a couple of weeks ago. I think he was in the top three for scrambling. Keimer won here uh, in 2010, the average Dunhill. And it's interesting with Keimer, when he won both of his majors, 50 to 1 was his price at Whistling Straits and 40 to 1 when he won last year at Pinehurst. I think Keimer's got an exceptional chance. Paul Williams does as well. And we've already mentioned Brandon Grace, 50 to 1 with uh, Ladbrokes. So that, those are the four that we're going for Mickelson, Kuchar, Keimer, and Grace. Excellent. Will, you like Grace. Do you have any other bets? Okay. Or any other picks this week? Yeah, okay. fancy? I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Grace. I'm going to go Rory McIlroy. Uh, <laughs> For the win. Uh, from, from the couch. Yeah, from the couch. Uh, with his uh, PlayStation 2 controller. <laughs> no, I'm going to go I am going to go with Ricky Fowler. I think Ricky Fowler is a really, really good shout. Uh, good form. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to go for a bit of an odd one here. and I'm going to go Paul Casey. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Brandon Grace and I have to obviously put my heart on my tricolour and say Shane Larry. If I'd been doing the main tips this week which I wasn't quite rightly because Paul will probably get a very good result if not the winner <laughs> I, I would have personally gone for Paul Casey who is on the right side of the draw he's late early I think Casey's got a cracking shout this week I mm. really do yeah, he's, he's fit. He's fit this year, and he's showing. I mean, obviously, you know, he hasn't got that win with the, but a good performance in the match play and the loss in the in Los Angeles was it in the playoff? So uh, yeah, he's, he's playing well. Um, he's got the biggest arms in the world. He does Popeye, Popeye arms. You know, Solomon Harrington won in thirty-five, forty-mile hour wins at PJ National. If you remember, Casey was right in the mix that week. Yeah, yeah. good win play. Really good win play, and he was—he he was the one that was chasing down Ustazen in 2010. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, did, didn't have a into the gorse on the left on one of the I don't know, 14th or the 15th. Mm. I think Casey's got a cracking shout this one. Okay, and um, for because there's so many extra places available this week, you have a few long shots. Can you, can you give those a list? The list down for the, our listeners. Yeah, they, they were Wiesberger, Paddy Harrington, and also Jeff Ogilvy. So, you know, you can, you can back them sky bet, bet there. Um, um, I know Harrington was a good price. He was 175 to 1 with Stan James. That's into 150s. Jeff Ogilvy is still 175 with Paddy Power. Those are my three long shots. Paul actually also thrown in Raphael Jacqueline, who came very, very close to give him Paul a 250 to 1 winner last week. Wow. He's, I think yeah, he's he had Jacqueline tipped up 250 to 1, and he was within a, a, a gnat's hair of winning that, wasn't he? He was pretty close, wasn't it? Yeah. There yeah. you are. Uh, Jacqueline, again, he, he can throw whatever you want at that French guy. He, he's one of those guys that will go par, 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 and grind out a really good round. Could be very, very. He's worth watching this week, Jacqueline. Again, he's two hundred and fifty to one. Yeah, and Paddy Power actually have him at a generous three hundred to one. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think this shows to our listeners that you really do need to shop around to get best prices. It, are there any cool things or promotions or 
that you've seen this week that we should flag to the listeners? Absolutely. Uh, I'll give you a quick rundown. I've mentioned Betvik to top five, top ten, top twenty, fully paid out all ties. That's worthy, very, very worthy. If you if you want to back someone like um, Jimenez, as we discussed earlier, if you're looking for each way places, Betfair at eight each way. They have the odd golfer out there that they've got a very good price on at uh, that kind of price. I'm mentioning people like Henrik Stenson, twenty five to one with Betfair Sport. Please, yeah? please be quiet until I get my bet on him. <laughs> That's, that's the best price available. Yeah. He's eight each way. Adam Scott, 25 to 1, 8 each way. Yeah, there's, there's Bubba Watson, 40 to 1, 8 each way. So Betfair's 8 each way. Some players, they're very well priced. Paddy Power, Stan James Sky, better all gone 7 each way, okay? Now, another really important deal. 888 Sport, I keep mentioning this. Trevor Lodge, yeah? Trevor Lodge on any golfer on your first bet when you open an account. Now, if you want to cover off Jordan Speed this week, that is a phenomenal bet. You will get just under 20 to 1 on Jordan Speed. Well, we keep talking about it here. Jordan Speed, he won't win, can't win. We just purely don't know, do we? It keeps, it keeps making us look like fools. If you need to cover off Jordan Speed, you can have £10 at just under 20 to 1. 888 Sport, treble the odds. Open up an account by a gold betting system, you'll get that deal. Another one, Dustin Johnson. You know, we know that Johnson is likely to be very, very close this week. You can get 36 to 1 on that treble odds deal with 888 Sport. That's a phenomenal price. Another bet, I, I sound like a market trader. Another gold betting system exclusive. You'll only get this deal via our website. So, goldbettingsystem.co.uk. We've done a deal with Betway, okay? And we're giving uh, any punter that signs up by a gold bank system, there's 250 accounts maximum on this, and we're already into the hundreds on this already. So you're going to have to move quickly. You get a £10 or €10 free bet, completely no deposit required. So you just register an account. They'll put £10, €10 in your account. You can back anyone at the Open Championship, either £5 each way or £10 on the most bet. That's a totally free bet. That, that, that to me, is a no-brainer. You can only get that at Gold Betting System. So £10, €10 free bet, no deposit required with Betway. That, why wouldn't you do it? That's just silly, really. free money. You can back anyone in the field with that as well, yeah? And and all all returns are in withdrawable cash. Not free bets, they're all in cash. That is the no-brainer of the Open Championship. Wow, that's that's the win of the week already, right there. Will Will is. I'm actually going to set up an account. I'm expecting you two guys to open accounts this evening. Uh, why wouldn't you do it? Absolutely. That, that's just giving money away. And I'm going to go and stick my money on Brandon Grace. There we go. <laughs> absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Free money yeah. is wonderful. Okay, so um, we can talk about the fantasy golf competitions you guys have on the Golf Betting System Facebook page, which. As we've mentioned earlier, it's wonderful. It's great fun, and the, I love the uh, the community vibe and interaction between of all, all everybody on the page. It really is great, and you get nice little insights and um, tips from people who are here and there watching golfers. It's a it's a really great fun resource to have just there on Facebook. Um, so you guys have a couple of little comp uh, the weekly picks competition. We've, we've just broken through two and a half thousand followers on there. Congratulations. Um, yeah, that, that's good. 
you, the knowledge on there, you know, you've got guys on there that really know their golf better, far better tipsters than, than I, by a long, long way. There's some real guys with some real knowledge on there. Um, I'm learning all the time. Um, but what we do on there, we do a lot of competitions. There's, um, our punters league runs from the very start of the year to the very end. But you can come and join. We have a we have an ongoing seasonal league on there. But we give away weekly free bet prizes with Paddy Paris, a 25 or 25 euro free bet each week for the guy that gets the the most profit from the three players that that you predict. So uh, this week, of course, give you come to Gold Bank System Facebook. Uh, we will let you on as a uh, we have you. We have to um, let you into the group, which we will do. And you just give us your three players for who you think are going to do well at the Open Championship this week. Twenty-five pounds or twenty-five euro free bet. There's also another competition on there, which one of the guys has just started. We're sponsoring with some Paddy Power pants. Now that's that's the first round lead up. So pick three players that you think are going to be first, are going to do well as first round in the first round leader market. And we're going to send the winner a pair of Paddy Power pants. Say that after a couple of beers. <laughs> Will? <laughs> <laughs> Paddy Power pants. Yeah. Paddy Power pants. Awesome. But yeah, it's just the Facebook group. Yeah, you know, it's just really worth joining. Even if you don't comment on there, yeah. the knowledge that's on that group and it's just and the banter and everything about it, very, very, very good fun on them. It really is. So if I apply in, will you allow me in? Yeah, I'll let you win one. Yeah. Nice. If you if you split the winnings from your ten pound free bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually became Facebook friends there a little while ago, Steve. I don't know if you even realised. <laughs> By the way, Brandon Grace, he's forty to one with Betway, so you, you're getting a, a, a half decent price on Brandon Grace. Superb. That could be oh, yeah. four hundred euro in your pocket if Grace. And you're not even dipping in your pocket. Yeah, They're no, giving it's free. you it's a free euros. bet. I know. That's They're amazing. giving you the ten euros. That is a no brainer. So, Steve, we've asked an awful lot of you, but um, we're going to ask one more little thing of you, and that's to pick a number uh, of all the entries we had for our Karn Four Ball voucher, which was so generously donated to us by Karn Golf Links out in Bell Mullet and County Mayo. Now, the, fun, the funny thing about running competitions is everybody thinks, oh, I won't enter, I won't enter, I don't have a chance. So we have a lot of listeners, but... We only only thirty one people actually entered by hitting the retweet button on our tweets. So there are thirty one people. You know, it's a thirty one to one chance of winning four ball and Karn. So if you could pick us a number, I have them all listed out here in front of us, in front of me on an Excel. If you could give us a number between one and thirty one, and that person's winning a four ball voucher for Karn. I'm going to go purely because it's my birthday for twenty nine. 29 the winner is Garrett Fanning it's at Lucky Charmer at, at Lucky Charmer 74 is his Twitter handle so there we go look at that congratulations well, Garrett thank you very much for picking that out Steve wow. Garrett if you can give us an email on a good talk spoiled at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter one way or the other um, we'll uh, we'll organise getting that voucher to you from Karn and you get to play one of the best Lynx golf courses in the land for sure oh yeah that's, it's an amazing prize I can't believe only 31 people went into it it's amazing I think yeah. I retweeted about 17 times you did you did and all of yours were cancelled out <laughs> yeah, in the process <laughs> <laughs> it's the trials uh, and tribulations of being on the show is you can't win anything you know? yeah no it's just it's it's, uh, it's an amazing I guess it's just people think oh I'm never going to win but uh, if we um, get the entry in if you're not in you can't win as, uh, as they say absolutely so listen absolutely 
Steve, thank you so much. This has been unbelievable. As always, we could talk to you for hours, and hopefully at some stage over at the time we do our shows with you, we can get an in-person live show, and we can have a couple of drinks and really do it properly. And um, then try and say, Paddy Power Pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paul and I keep threatening to come out to Ireland, so I think we'll, we'll have to organise it one day, and we'll, we'll come and visit you guys and record the show, I reckon. Oh, that would be brilliant. That would be outstanding. I'd love that. Um, Thank you so much again for Steve. So anyone, if they haven't got it over the course of the time with Steve, it's www.golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Steve is on Twitter at Bamford Golf. Paul's on Twitter at Golf Betting. There's the Golf Betting. Yeah, there's the Golf Betting System Facebook group. Couldn't recommend that highly enough. Get in there. The lads will accept you and just enjoy it. It's great content. Steve, thank you very much. I hope all your picks are uh, very profitable, uh, profitable. Can't even speak at the moment. And uh, above all, have a really enjoyable time in front of the TV watching the Open Championship. I can't wait. I really can't wait. I will see you guys for the PGA Championship in August. You got it for sure. Thanks, Steve. So- pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much. That's you guys. See you later. Bye bye. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.